Hey guys, what's up? Uh, welcome to another episode of Coffees for Closers. We've got a special today. We've got James and Spencer. Um, so today, I think we're just going to have a wrap. We're going to we're going to talk about Spence. So Spence is the COO of Scope, which is like the hold co that that houses Sales Sniper and Sniper Media, etc. Cetera, et cetera. James is obviously James. Um, so uh, we're all going to have a chat. Going to find out like uh, what's inside the head of the man that runs the. Uh, operational fury that is scope. So if you like this kind of content, make sure you like and subscribe, hit notification bell, all that kind of good stuff, and we will see you after the intro. If you listen to this podcast, you will make your first million within three years. I'm going to repeat that. You will make a million dollars within three years of the first episode you listen to. We don't want pikers. We're not here to save the manatees. We're here to make podcasts. You really want this. You listen and review. Put that coffee down. Spencer. Perhaps you'd like to introduce Spencer with an interesting story. Interesting story? What story is that? I don't know. Just... Let's do one. Put you on the spot. Oh, uh, well, uh, so so uh, we met Spencer a little while ago. Um, and so for context, people who don't know, uh, we'll put the the podcast where I ship mouth Spencer for thirty straight minutes <laughs> up up here somewhere. But so Spencer is is it's kind of a, a systems guru, and that that goes back to things outside of business, which I which I really want to get into because it's going to be a fun <laughs> conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, but we met Spencer because we needed stuff done at Sales Sniper because fast growing company. And, and just all the kind of rigmarole that goes along with doing that. And then sort of realize that, you know, potentially what we do and what you do works really well together as more of a pairing and a marriage rather right. than just sort of like an agency style relationship. Mm-hmm. So uh, we ended up kind of bringing Spencer into the fold. And I think that that, that just did some good things for you, did some oh. phenomenal things for us. Yeah. Um, in sort of allowing us to systemize the business and sort of, uh, Someone who could be like an extraordinarily productive stopgap to silly mistakes. Right. And that's kind of what I see as like the relationship and someone who can be like, well, yes, let's do all those things. But wouldn't it be refreshing if we had a plan? (laughs) Plans are important. Yeah. And there's a a big difference between growth mentality and scaling mentality. Mm -hmm. And, uh, And what was great about Sniper is your guys' growth mentality and ability was incredible, like best I've ever seen. And in uh, my company was over-infrastructured. Uh, so we, we focused on scale, but we weren't really great at growth. So when we originally met, it was like, oh, great. You consult for me, I consult for you. And then we just realized we were just like passing money back and forth. And <laughs> we literally it, were. Right. Yeah. And, and, it, and then when you took a look at it, we were just passing money back and forth. And you've got an entity with operations. I got an entity with sales. So it was like, let's just do what makes sense, right? Yeah. And and just like, you know. Let's combine it. Combine it. Come together. Acquire my company and, you know, it's been just uh, nothing. It's been fun ever, ever since. Yeah. What what I'm sort of interested in though is like, what what is it that you think gave you the inherent capacity? Because like we were sort of talking yesterday when we were at dinner and it was like your like superpower, like I'm good at selling people. Like I think I have a pretty good mindset and or like, or like decision-making process that allows me to make I think decent decisions when it comes to growth and scale and all that kind of stuff. But what I don't have is like the ability to sort of break that down into any sort of process that someone could follow. It's just like, that's my brain works that way. And so like, what is it that has allowed you, whether it be past, present, future lives or whatever it may be that has given you the ability to go, okay, 
like I can extract things from people. Cause like what, what I do with, what I did with you yesterday was like, I brain dumped with you for two hours and mm-hmm. we came out with, well, this is your, this is your work life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, that's like a way more reasonable way of doing it than what I have been. And it's going to be more productive. I will have more information and I'll be able to make better decisions with less actual work, which will give me more creative bandwidth and yada, yada, yada. And so like, I haven't met anyone else who can do that. And you've been able to do that with people like myself, but more impressively people like Marco who Mm. are like beautiful mind geniuses at certain things. And, and like English is a second language and you've been able to do it with a breadth of different people and different industries and stuff like that. So like, what is it that you think, like, how did you get there? Uh, I mean, there are some people that are just born with gifts, Mm -hmm. you know, seven year old kid just sits in front of a piano and just, it makes sense to them. Yeah. Right. So a savant, Right. And I was just born with the ability to be able to deconstruct someone's consciousness and be able to show it to them and be like, is this what you mean? And so uh, and then it's like, yes, no. If no, well, then what do you mean? And you extract more until it makes sense. Mm -hmm. And that's the totally different approach that I have to operations than everybody else is. Typically, you get someone with a project management background and it's like, hey, here's how you do things. And I'm going to drive this thing forward. Whereas I extract the way that you function. So life makes sense for you. And then mm. I can do that with multiple people and then make all that work together. Yep. So essentially it's creating a giant brain from a bunch of different arms of genius. So it all works together. Interesting. The reason I put you on the spot to tell a story about Spencer and introduce him is because when uh, you first joined the company, we bring you out to our retreat about <laughs> what, six months ago. And um, I got really put on the spot to introduce Spencer. And it turned out it was quite hilarious for everyone. It, it depends on but Spencer. Right, yeah. On, <laughs> so, what seat you're sitting in. And a uh, funny story for the people listening, probably a lot funnier for the, the others involved in the retreat. Um, Will was supposed to introduce you. Right. He knew a bit more about what you were doing and had worked with you. Right. At that stage, I wasn't overly involved and hadn't gone through the process that you'd gone through other than us having that first initial interview with Spencer and discussing some side projects and whatnot. And uh, two minutes before Spencer was about to come on and present and do his talk, Will goes, hey, man, I've got to go. I've got to take care of this. Can you introduce Spencer? And I went, yep, I've got a, a great story to tell, which will really set the scene. So I go to Spencer. Hey, mate, this is, what I'm, this is how I'm going to introduce you. And he goes, oh, no, you, you can't say that. That's my entire presentation and you ruin it. I just went, ah, great. Yeah, you're going to tell the story of how I optimized Marco's workflow uh-huh. to where he could start taking weekends to himself, and it opened up an hour a day where he was able to take five more sales calls. And I'd, I'd love <laughs> you to explain that. Yeah, right? yeah, That'd be yeah, sure. great to go into. Sure. Anyway, so I get up on stage, and I'm, I've gone, so this is Spencer, and just went, what do I say? It just went, Spencer is the worst sales guy I've ever met. <laughs> and immediately went... But it's funny because it's actually not. What a dick! <laughs> but like, yeah, right. it, it, it's it's really funny because you're actually like you you're actually. I think now that I've I've come around to understand the way that you communicate, you're actually really good at sales mm-hmm. uh, and like persuasion and influence. Not in like a traditional ISO coaching consulting type way, right. but you're an extraordinarily persuasive person. However, yes. you need more time with someone, mm-hmm. right? So so there's a difference between there's a difference between uh, sales and seduction. I'm yeah. great at seduction, which does require a little bit more time. I mean, yeah. we right. can tell by the way you work in that mic. Oh. 
that everybody can tell. Yeah. Yeah. In like in the first conversation that I had with Marco, uh, he didn't like me very much. And the first conversation that we had together, Matt, you were pretty annoyed by the way that I was pitching, you know, <laughs> my, my services. He's like, who the fuck is this guy? Like, like it, it didn't make any sense because I'm talking about calendars and, yeah, and yeah. shit like that. Yeah, yeah. It's contextually poor, but like, uh, <laughs> you know, but I think that that was actually more the fault of the people who had had me on that call and hadn't, hadn't understood what was sort of happening. And, and, and I think I think that you had a, and it's actually really difficult to sell an environment where you don't understand the core problem that you're trying to fix, mm-hmm. right? You know, it's actually basically impossible because you're just kind of grasping at straws. And and right. and for me, like I'm I am so like, and it's a fault of mine. I'm so intolerant of like lack of being concise, right? Right. That, yes. but you didn't have anything to be concise about, right? Um, and, and so and it was it was sort of like there was a whole bunch of of, of, of things there. But as soon as you, there was a couple of things that you said, where I was like, okay, I, I think I can extract what what you mean right and i can see value in that so let's do that and i'm very glad that i did but but i think one of the things that i'm super interested in is like you you said you can sort of keep extracting and keep extracting and that, that, that to me is like does that come down to incredible curiosity yeah it's curiosity and patience like you need to have infinite amount of patience to be able to talk to someone and try to extract something from a genius's mind so that most geniuses have a really time articulating how they do what they do. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, is that everything's a formula. It's just a complex set of formulas to create a skill set, mm-hmm. right? And so uh, ultimately a- as well, like in order for me to understand that person and that, under- and that person to understand me, I have to speak their language or I have to teach them mine. Right. And so it's I have found that it's much easier for me to just learn their language and shape shift to the way that they receive versus being like, hey, understand me and then trying to force it down the throat. So it, it it's a game actually of, of efficiency that doesn't seem very efficient. Yeah. Uh, you know, unless you have that skill set. Okay. Okay. So so like how like and where did you where did you essentially first figure out that you had that ability? I've been doing all the roles and responsibilities and in org charts and stuff. I started a money making club when I was uh, nine years old, and uh, I was at a bowling alley. and I and I bought I made up this game to gamble with people and basically hustle them at, at, at the bowling alley where my parents had a league. And I taught other kids how to do it, and I took a thirty percent rev share. And then I, and, and then I what took, was the game? Uh, so you would so you would bet them on whether they could get a strike or not. And uh, so, like, I bet you a quarter you can get a strike. They get a strike, you give them the quarter. If they don't, I had the option to double down on the spare, but they didn't. So, like, it was risk mitigation, right? So, so it was like one pin left. <laughs> it, it, it's like, it, it's, it's like, sorry, man. But if it's 7 10 split, then I'd be like, okay, double down. And that, that's how I, you know, that's how the house Wait was a second. Going. So, you're telling me Friday night we went out to bowling, had yeah. a couple of beers, yeah. and you, you didn't mention this and didn't try and hustle? Oh, I'm man. disappointed. You know, it, it, there there is such an eclectic array of stories that I have, and and, and so and so I was definitely entertaining uh, yeah. uh, during that. And, I, can, I considered you know. hustling you, but I but I decided not to. Yeah, yeah. right. For your benefit, <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. you're welcome. I also didn't go home with your wife, so right. you're you're welcome there <laughs> right. too. Yeah, I was yeah. generous all around. Yeah, that night, that's actually a really good segue because the the Spencer Burnett that. Um, and I and I guess you are, you are an onion of a human. Uh, I, will, I will I will say that some of the like the more I get to know you and I and I think it's really really fun getting to know you. You're a very interesting person, but you have clearly used your skills for good and a, and a little bit for the dark arts. I, w- I would say I well would say, for the for the betterment of you know right. I would say I've used my my 
gifts for good, and I've also used my gifts for very fun. Good. Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> That's, is Let's that camera on? Yeah. Is that a red light? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The red okay. light means it's on, James. Okay. okay. Yeah. 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 Um, so, so, so take me through the iterations of Spencer Burnett. So I started in the fitness industry, right? Yeah. As and old sales yeah, right. people in this it, yep. company yep. have. Uh, me, um, you, Marco, James. Will. Will. Will as well, yeah. Yeah, yeah Will were in gym. Jimmy, yeah. Sean, yeah. Jimmy, Sean. Everyone. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's, a, it's a it's a rough industry. <laughs> Tell yeah. me about it. Yeah. <laughs> and and again, I had I had the same strengths and issues. Like uh, I built uh, I built custom CRMs from scratch with a coder and a designer, and that's actually how I got funding. I didn't actually have any credit. They just saw how good my systems were, and the bank gave me money. Nice. Right. Eventually, uh, 2008 came. I wasn't prepared. Lost the company. So then I uh, I was doing a little bit of fitness on the side, but then I started doing dating coaching, and uh, because a lot of guys struggle, mm-hmm. you know, when it comes to like connecting with women. And, and I was like, I know so many great guys, but when I talk to women, they're like, oh, there's not any good guys out there. So again, like there's a, there's a disconnect. And so uh, and I started out by giving sex tips. And again, all that, all that good sex is, is truly understanding like what drives that other person and, uh, and how to get from point A to point B to give them what they want, which is an experience, not just an orgasm. So again, it's that same element of deconstructing the mindset of another human being mm-hmm. and shape-shifting the way that you do things authentically. That's why it's not dark in order to, in order to give them the experience that they're, that they're looking for. And, uh, you know, from, from there, I, uh, I started, uh, you know, dating a girl who managed my career, was doing my social media. I didn't have any money at the time because I went broke from my fitness career. Started emceeing, uh, you know, events, charity events, and yeah. becoming a local celebrity. Then I broke up with the girl. She wrote a, a tell-all story on me called uh, uh, um, Dating Chase Walker, which is you can find on Amazon today. Dating and Chase. So if I buy it, we can get a signed copy? Yes. And, and here's the thing. <laughs> if you read that book... My mom read that book because, I mean, she had a huge, it is the, it, like, Fifty Shades of Grey ain't shit. Like, she wrote, <laughs> she wrote, like, hey, here was the two years of what it was like to date a dating and sex expert. And it's, it's raunchy. There was, there's a lot of, like, creative things in, in the story. And she goes into detail, so. Yeah. Pick up the book on Amazon. <laughs> I should get, I should get, yeah, like. Yeah, we'll a, drop an affiliate link. Affiliate link, yeah, right, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. So, I, I think, like, that's really interesting because the, the world of, um, sales, persuasion, and influence, like, is is sort of a world. Like, this is what we do. Right. We we sell, we persuade, we influence. Mm-hmm. Whether whether it's uh, in the in the in the marketing capacity or whether it's in the sales capacity, that's essentially the core functionality of what we do here. And so, I think that's probably one of the reasons why. And you can correct me if I'm wrong. Like, why I think that the partnership and sort of you you coming into the fold has sort of worked so well because like your background, although it's not in sales, it's in persuasion and influence. Yeah, you right. know, and so. I think you probably have a unique perspective and ability to kind of understand, well, okay, I'm going to be able to do what Marco does in terms of selling a 50K product in 30 minutes to someone. Right. However, you understand the principles and the person that is required to do that on a consistent basis. Like if Marco redirected, he would be good. Oh, killer. And, the, and, and Marco, interestingly enough, he's like, Marco was like, he's like, uh, he's like hey man, how, how much to work with me? And I, I was like, I was like, yeah, bro, I'm retired, but like you can make me an offer. You know, and, 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 uh, and, and that's a great example of like my perception of, of how to, of how to do sales mm. is like, be, be intriguing, be trustworthy and, uh, and, and then like give them a little taste of what you got. And eventually they pitch you. 
Because when you pitch them, you're a salesperson. When they pitch you, you're a consultant. And consultants are much more trusted than uh, yeah. than, than a salesperson. Okay, so let me, let me let me sort of break this down because let's. I want to convert. I want to. I don't want to like turn this into a sales conversation, but like the <laughs> and it's coffee is for closers. So yeah, I know, but like right. I think this is a more interesting conversation. So the element of being detached from the sale, mm-hmm. like from a more primal version, where does that come from, and what does it do? Being unattached to a sale is a is a demonstration of a characteristic. And whenever I was teaching, uh, you know, seduction, it was like, never tell them, demonstrate. Don't say it, demonstrate it, because it holds a whole lot more power. You demonstrate it, you can't argue it to be true. What do you mean by that? What do you you mean? Um, Can you mean like a tangible? Okay, so... Uh, if we're talking about, you know, seduction, you know, with, uh, with women, right. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, she's kind of pushing back against it and you're like, whatever, like, uh, you know, I, I got plenty, I got plenty of girls to talk to that's saying it. Right. But if I'm in a conversation with a girl and I was sharing with Marco how to like work a room, right. Have a conversation. You can start to feel that it starts to die. And then, and so before she can see you out, you're, you're just like, Hey, it's been great talking to you. I'm sure I'll see you around. And you, and you see yourself out. I'm demonstrating that I'm not attached to this conversation going anywhere mm-hmm. because I'm going to go create more opportunities. So a person that has, uh, you know, think about it. How much easier is it to make it a sale, you know, uh, with, a, with a prospect when you got a six figures in your bank account versus you got pink slips in the mail of yeah. bills you got to pay, yep. right? And so you can, uh, they don't know whether you have six figures in the bank account. It's about the how you hold yourself, how you carry yourself. And one of the one of the reasons that I wasn't like fantastic at like one call closes is because with operations, it'd be like, hey, what's going on? Oh man, like I can't take a, even a day off without my company going under. All right, well, what's the problem? Tell me the problem. Here's a solution. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, well, you know, can I, can I do it next month? And I'd be like, if you want to keep suffering for another month, yeah, sure. Like I'm still eating, so- do what you want. <laughs> it, it's funny. I think there's actually a phenomenon that when you start to understand something very deeply, it becomes very difficult to sell. Absolutely. And th- you just want to diagnose and fix and it, that's not selling. It exactly. Mm-hmm. And and I found as I got more into like applying my gift to operations, it became much harder to sell because I just had I had no patience to it was so black and white to me. Whereas like, are you suffering? Yes. You want to stop? No. Or, or like, do, do you want to stop suffering? Yes. Do you trust me? Yes. Then why would you not buy? Yep. Yeah. And it's like, you know. It, like, it, like Marco's not that good at selling media. Right. He just diagnoses and solves the problem. Right. He just goes like, we're in a, we're in a, a call today with a, with a great company that has like a tech wearable, right? Mm. Um, it's a software kind of like, they have tech, like sort of similar to Oura Ring, but way, way better and much sort of like it has a different functionality. They would be angry if I said Oura Ring, but, you know. Um, so... Uh, and, and Marco, they're, they're sort of looking at us to do their like full sale marketing for them. And, uh, Marco was just diagnosing and I messaged him and I was like, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, I'm fixing it. I was like, you're not here to fix it. You're here to sell it. Mm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like, it's, it's, it's different things. Like pulling out problems is, 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 is different to sort of like presenting to sort of fixing those problems in the short term through just like, Hey, well, here's what you do. And that is a way of selling, but you have to kind of, you have to be intentional about how you do it. Like those are more like authoritative selling. We've made that mistake a few times where we've been on calls and got to the end of, hey, we're going to move forward. It's like, no, you solved my problem. I fix it. I'll just go away and do what you tell oh, me. Oh, yeah. You're like, right. Oops. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I, 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 that's why I sort of stopped selling the done for you mm. because 
kind like of I, I just started asking way too many questions. Mm-hmm. Like I was so like, well, this, 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 this. And it was like, they clearly understood, well, this guy knows what he's talking about. But I was like, then by the end of it, I'd be like, okay, um, yeah, we can fix it. You know, but it was like I'd done nothing to sort of prepare them for. So right. I'd just like done. I just diagnosed. So you gave them a free blueprint is what you did. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that's pretty much how we sold at the gyms. You know, before we knew how to sell, it was all, oh, okay, yeah. I can solve this problem by doing this, so you want to do it. Yeah, ex- exactly, yes no? and then we just try an objection handle. For yeah, ages. It, it was just, yeah. and then just sort of slash and bang, which wasn't very, uh, wasn't very eloquent. Yeah, um, you, if, you give me, if you give me a different offer, like right now I'm supporting my brother in building a coaching business um, for, uh, so for FRC training, essentially uh, um, getting a better communication system with your nervous system to avoid injury. Right. And uh, and just like most experts, right, he, he goes into the detail of solving it and giving him uh, advice on how to properly sell. I'm like, damn, I'm good at this. But then when it comes to my expertise, like I, I'm just like, I don't know what else to tell you. Yep. guys. <laughs> it, yeah. It's difficult. It's difficult to read the label when you're inside the bottle. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that, it's, it's also you, you lack a bit of detachment, you know, so 100 like, percent. And even if you don't want the money, you want to solve the problem. Which I, th- right. I think is like that's why I, that's one of the reasons yep. why I stopped selling done for you as well is because like I wanted to solve that problem, and sometimes it's not worth solving, mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. least like with our guys and our time and our money. So it's like I, I was like, well, I'll pass it off to somebody else, and then they can be detached from the sale, and then they're not like emotionally invested in. It. And then it's like then we for a while there we had like the guys who sell it would like manage it. That was a bad idea too because then once they sold it, they're emotionally invested in the outcome. Right. You know, so it's like then they won't cut ties early enough. Right. So you're dancing with that club with the whole night that's never going to go home with you. Emotionally invested in that relationship. You've already bought our 10 drinks. There's no way you're (laughs) moving on. Well, that's there's the problem. Spencer wouldn't buy him a drink. That's (laughs) (laughs) they usually bought me drinks if you if you play it right. Uh, And that that's the difference between a like a company that is doing you know thirty to fifty thousand dollars a month to a company that's doing a million dollars a month is it's really everyone becomes such a specialist Mm -hmm. in what they do. You can get away with being a generalist at thirty to fifty thousand a month, right? Absolutely. But if you want to get to that that million, two million, three million plus uh, a month. You need specialists, and and specialists, you know, typically when, when you're focusing on on one thing, you lose the skills of the other. When Jordan went to go play baseball and came back to basketball, his training regimen totally changed. And it uh, something Grover was his was his trainer's name. Tim, yeah, uh, Tim Grover, yeah. right? He he was like, well, Mike, you want to come back? He's like, baseball muscles way different than basketball muscles. So we, like, we've got to like undo everything mm-hmm. that that we did. And he came back rusty, even even though that he's you know yeah, he's yeah. Jordan, right? And so that in when you guys gave me the opportunity to uh, to be a part of the team. I had to like make a choice of like, do I want to continue to be a, uh, a somewhat of a generalist? I mean, I had a, a pretty substantial team, but I was still playing the role of, of CEO yep. and a, a lot of the you know HR stuff and stuff like that. And I was like, wow, I, I could really just take the thing that I'm super passionate about that I'd really know that can help a, a, a company that's doing a lot of good in the world and that has good values. And it, it's just like get in my lane and go as fast as I can and be like, hey, like how how fast can I really go with this? And one of the things you guys said to me is like, hey, dude, I think you're bored. I think it, when, it, when it came to the system stuff, I was because I was helping, you know, teams of three to five. Solving the yeah. same problem. Over exactly. And, over. and so uh, and so it was like, you know, 
become the specialist so I don't have to worry about being being on sales calls. Best decision of my life. Funny you say that because you've came into the company at a time where you've seen the transition of uh, particularly me and Matt being ultra generalists and you've almost orchestrated uh, through like the roles and responsibilities turning us into specialists in different specific fields of the company. Um, tell me a little bit about how and why uh, even for companies doing smaller amounts, why it's so important to get that and when they should start to implement more specialist roles to help see them grow. You have to find out like what you're the best at. Yeah. And you mitigate your weaknesses and you amplify your strengths. And so if it, when it's time to scale, you take, in, you take the thing that you're the weakest at and you, you find someone to do that that role and then you take what you're great at and you double down and so when i came into sniper there's 150 team members there's 63 different roles in this organization i don't know if you guys that's good to know yeah if, i don't know if you guys knew that that's a lot so, so um and so uh, a lot of people in the organization were playing a generalist role mm -hmm. because we grew so fast six months ago a year ago that was actually a, a good strategy and now that we're we're scaling it's like okay we've got to find what you're great at so literally I have met with, with every single person in every single role and just did my thing where we have a conversation. I hear the way you think. I see the way that you solve problems. I'm listening to the way that you communicate. And, and from there, I hear the things that you, you struggle with, things that you don't. And then I can identify, here's what you're great at. And then here's how that plays a role in this giant machine. What is the thing that's been the hardest about letting go of being the, the guy, the owner? Because, like, for me, I couldn't function. Like, it's not even an ego thing. It's, a, like, it's, I, I couldn't function in that environment. Yeah, you don't like being told what to do at all. It's, it's not even, it's actually not even that. It's not really? that I don't like being told what to do. It's I'm very particular about who I will allow to tell me what to do. Mm. And it has nothing to do with, it has to do with, like, um, I have to have supreme confidence that they are excellent at what they do. At what yeah. they do. And if I don't, I'm like, I, I, I will not, and I will dig my heels in like a four-year-old, I will not do what you say. That's yeah. why I've been fired so many times. <laughs> um, so the, I just built a company so I couldn't be fired. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait till we get the board of directors together and yeah. then you, we'll <laughs> see. you're playing a different game. Uh, so a lot of people thought like, hey, is it going to be hard because you're like not the man anymore from, from like an ego perspective? Mm. Honestly, like, I don't really care. Like, uh, you know, yep. I'm, I'm quite confident in who I am. And so like, I don't yep. need the recognition. I already know how fantastic I am. Yeah. So you tell uh, us all the time. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. At, at, but it's, it's not even that though. For like, for me, it's more like the, cause you were an entrepreneur for a long time, like entrepreneur. My whole life. Yeah. Yeah. And so this, I, I think this, I could be wrong, but this is probably the, the first time or one of the only times that you've been, I guess a part of an organization that has a, a bigger, there's, there's people right. and there's a vision and there's a bigger thing and you don't have direct control over that. Right. And so I can imagine like, now, now listen, I think we tried and I tried my best and we did to kind of free you up and give you like, Hey man, like we chatted, I was like, Hey, just go into R and D mode, bro. Yeah. Just kind of do your thing, but you're still kind of beholden to something. Right. You know? So the hardest thing about, about, uh, you know, coming into this company rather than having my own company, uh, is authority. Because yeah. it because it's like, okay, you you trust me and everyone here did trust me to like to do my job. But when it came time for others to have their opinions, at some point you gotta say like I hear you and no. 
we're not doing it that way. Mm-hmm. And that took a little bit of that took a little bit of time. Yeah. And and this is the first time me and you are are meeting each other face to face like yeah. these two weeks that uh, that I've uh, that I've been here. And, uh, and, and like one of the first things that we talked about was like, Hey, like I need the authority, man. Like, and, mm-hmm. and you know, we were putting together our, our whole, uh, database of, of, you know, uh, KPIs and everything. And we had 10 people working on 10 separate projects to achieve the same goal. Right. Yeah. And at, at some point I, I was like, I was like, dude, I gotta take over. Stop. Yeah. And Matt, and, and you were like, okay, done authority. And I'm like, great. And as soon as you did that, the very project that we've been working on or that you guys have been working on for 18 months to get proper data, I finished it in nine days. Once I had, (laughs) once I had the authority and I, and I had the, and I had the team and the rest of the team understood that I had the authority. It was like, okay, just, just let me go. Sat with my headphones on for two straight days and sort my thoughts out. And then I just started extracting from people. And I mean, if you guys could see the boards behind us, like mapped it all out. All nine of them. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and, and got it done. And so I would say that was definitely the most challenging thing. That's yeah. why like after the roles and responsibilities and stuff, we did the org chart. I went to, you and I was like, you know, you're like my two IC now. Yeah. You're like, Oh no, I didn't. I was like, well, congratulations. congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, right. You know, that doesn't mean like, that's, it's just like, you're like, I need like, you're like, okay, like we pass things down, you go get them done. So then you need to have all the, but you need to have the authority to be able to go, hey, this will be done in this way on these timelines. You right. guys have to do this. Mm-hmm. It's been passed on down to me, and now you have to do it. Right? it yeah, and mm-hmm. I was I was actually sharing uh, I was actually sharing with uh, with Ben as we were going over his uh, chief of staff role. Is the conversation that I had with with you guys was very similar to the conversation that I have with my girlfriend, which is like, okay, you want all of these things, awesome. The answer is always yes. You tell me what. And I'll tell you how and when. And as long as you trust me, you can always have what you want. And so it's just not a matter of you can have it now. Right. And so and so that was the the same relationship. It's like, yo, be as creative as you want. Create as many opportunities as you can. The answer is always yes. That's for you guys to decide. But I'll tell you how and when. And then if we if we can get uh, if, if we can agree on that, then. I'll deploy the whole thing. You don't got to worry about it. You guys keep creating opportunities, yeah. finding new people, and uh, and I'll make sure that you know things get done. But, but to add on to that, it's not just how and when; it's how much. It's like this is what it's going to cost you to implement and do that. Yeah, right. What what's what's required? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Resource. Right, resources. Yeah, I think one of the most interesting things has been, and in the process of having you here, which has been amazing, is sort of like besides the fact that you're getting a. An eight thousand dollar whiteboard installed in your house, but um, <laughs> that, it, that is a, that is a, that's a great benefit. Because this is a great whiteboard. I was like, You're oh, welcome. We, like, do you want one? Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> you can, you can, you just gotta ask for one. Yeah, and you can have it. Yeah. Right. I didn't even have to yeah. submit a form. I was just like, this is nice. You want one? Yeah, yeah. Emily, <laughs> get Spencer whiteboard. <laughs> Give me your address. I was like, all right. Well, that was easy. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it, it's just well, that's sort of I guess sort of how a decision making. Like I know I know how much money's in the bank. I'm like, yeah, right. Fine. Yeah. Eight thousand dollars. Is this going to allow you to do your job better? Yeah. Oh, then okay, you can have it. Right. Yeah. Um, and even so, if it makes you happier, just being able to do it on a fancier board, like that's, there's a, there's a tangibility to that too, right? Absolutely, yeah. You know? So, um, but, but I think like one of the most interesting things has been sort of just like watching the extraction process and then kind of then seeing you go out and kind of do your thing. And for me, it was like the, like the, the day to day. And, and I think going through like from a salesperson's perspective, like when, when you did it with Marco, 
Like, what was that process like? Because that dude is like the busiest human being I've ever met. It, I, I mean, I have extracted from well over a thousand people. He's a creature unlike anything I've ever seen. He's an animal, bro. Like, yeah. and, and what what's difficult about animals is they act on instinct. Like, a dog can't moo like a cow. A dog barks like you can't you can't help it, right? Yeah, yeah. And so with with Marco, it, uh, he took he took pride in his ability to get shit done. Yeah. Right. And and so if uh, but he also wasn't getting rest. So I'm like, how uh, he needs rest, but he also needs to have that. He also needs to work a bunch in order for him to feel valuable. And so now now we've got a math equation, right? Uh, what's the red line? Like, what's the Right. You know? and, and, and so it's like, well, let's talk, let's talk about efficiencies. So you can get the same amount of work done in less time if you make, if you make some adjustments. And so one of those things was batching admin. So as opposed to like doing your admin as you go throughout the day, you inevitably fall behind and then things slip to the cracks. But if you just say, screw it, I'm just going to do my admin at the end of the day, you can stay in flow constantly, right? And to do admin for 10 sales calls, instead of it being 15 minutes for each sales call, you can do it at the end of the day in 30, 45 minutes. And so what we were able, and once he understood that, I showed him how, how that worked. Also made some adjustments of like expectation management inside of your calendar. If it's going to take you 45 minutes, book an hour, right? Mm-hmm. So, you're, so you're not behind the gun, right? And once we did that, <clears throat> Marco was able to finally take weekends off, right? And he still, he still takes at least a day and a half off every single week. Mm-hmm. And we were able to open up an additional hour every single day of the week. So now he's getting the rest that's required and can actually have relationships. And, and, the, and conversation, the conversation that I had with him was like, hey, bro, like, I don't want to stop you from working. But I, I said, your decision-making process is going to become horrendous, right? So like sleep is so important. Yeah. Um, and it, like it, 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 it's, it's what allows you. There's a reason why it's called, I want to sleep on it. Right. Because like that is how you problem solve. Like if there is a, like, I don't know if you ever played music, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. But like I play guitar. And so if you're, if you're trying to figure something out and you got like an hour and you can't get it, you, t- you do put it away, right. sleep, come back and you will be able, it will put the neurons together of how to do that effectively. Yeah. And that's, that's where that expression comes from. And so for me, it was like when I was sort of mentoring Marco, it was just like, dude, like, I don't want you to stop and I want you to be as productive as possible. But like, you have to put yourself in a position like now you're now you're not dealing with you. Now you're dealing with others. Mm. And I was like, if you're going to you're going to fuck other people around if you have a shitty decision making process because you're tired. Yep. Right. Like and tired is like I've seen people tired. Like when I was going through all my SF training, we had four days, no food, no sleep. And that's just in the training, not not including the stuff we did overseas. And like the reason why they do ninety six hours with no sleep, where you get worked the whole time, is they're trying to see because you can't right. hide that. Right, you're either good in that environment or you're not, and it's like it's genetic. Yeah. yeah, right, right. So like for me, when I get super tired, like I am fine. Like my I switch over into like a different like I'm good to go. Mm-hmm. When I like when I know I can't eat, I don't get hungry. Like when I know I can't sleep. My body just goes, well, this is the situation you're in. Let's just work with it. <laughs> and so I don't get upset. I don't get emotional, any of that stuff. Neither would Pat, neither would Ben, or any of the guys that pass. But they, they're guys who, like, legit, like, freak out. The moment you get, like, to the 50, 60-hour mark where you haven't slept, like, and you've been working like a dog the whole time, people's true inner core comes out of them, and they mm. can't control it, and it's really right. interesting. And so, like, with Marco, like, I don't know who he is at that level. 
You know what I mean? And so, right. like, I don't want to find out either, mm. to be perfectly honest. So it's like, but now you're dealing with, like, other people. And so if your decision-making starts to unravel, like, you're going to fuck others around. Yep. Right. And I think, like, that's one of the things that, um, as a sort of a company owner, like, like what you've been and you are, you know what I mean? It's sort, of, sort of like all of our decisions affect a lot of people. Yeah. And so, um, like, you have to, that that space that you require just to kind of sit back and have, like, your diary might be empty for a couple hours, but you're you're not empty, right? Yeah, like exactly. you're like, hmm, you know, like I had a I had a conversation with a sales rep today, who wanted to leave, a sales sniper, and sort of like I, I understood his frustration, but you know what I mean. And because I've I've sort of been there, and I'm like I am well rested, and I and I have the context of a lot of different things. Like I was able to kind of extract the decision making process that brought him to that, and kind of show him what was actually happening. And then from there, help him make a decision where he decided to stay. Either way, it would have been fine, you know, because, like, hey, I just want people to win. I don't really care if it's here or somewhere else. Like, that would be unfortunate for us. But, hey, man, if that's what makes him happy, that's cool. But having being able to, like, sort of sit back and do that, like, cohesively and not being emotional, not being tired, not being overworked. that's a Or rushed. Or rushed. That's a big big reason um, why, like, that is possible is because like the decision making is like okay i can start to extract this and i'm not attached or emotional and like my father-in-law was the uh, md at the bank of new york mellon which Mm -hmm. is like the bank of new york like southern hemisphere so a big job right i look at his diary that was empty Mm. you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and then like i'd see him in the park at like 3 a.m sorry sorry at like a like a 3 p.m reading the paper and i used to think like oh he does fuck all but like now that i sort of run a decent sized company i was like no that was like, he had a couple of very large decisions to make, and being in the park was probably more productive for him than being in the office Yeah, and I've being fa- interrupted. I found, like, through my development, I've uh, <laughs> got to the position where I've understood how much space I need to be able to make the best decisions possible. Mm-hmm. And we, we've had many stages where we've been overworked and we've gone, oh, that was a terrible decision, and have rushed into things because of back in the day when we're doing 16 hour days back to back every day and it just it builds up so understanding and building into like calendar workflow management it's like well if you need however many hours a day to sit and think to come to a position where you can make the best decision you yeah. need to schedule that into your workflow and, and that's the difference between a growth mentality and a, a scaling mentality. If you think about it and, and you're trying to get someone to drive fast and they're, dri- they're driving a, a manual transmission, right? It's like you get the car up to 8,000 RPMs and then you're like, okay, we need to shift and it's going to go down to 4,000 RPMs, mm-hmm. but you're going to go faster. And they're like, what? Mm-hmm. I have more RPMs means faster. It's like, well, yeah, but when you shift gears... Like we have higher leverage, so so now and then we we we, we ramp it up and then and then we gear it down, and so that's why in 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 the conversations that we had in, in like your next development of being a CEO, it was like how do we get you out as out of as many meetings as possible when you're in a growth phase, maybe the first six months of the business, organization, yeah. it's like book the calendar. Right, yeah, just Start get me in front things. of yeah as many people as I can, and so and so well, it's which is necessary, absolutely, yeah, yeah. 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 right for, yeah. it, for a period of time. Exactly, get it up to eight thousand RPMs, but now you got to shift into different gears because you're higher leveraged, and that second gear has a higher leverage gear ratio, 
and it's it, and so you slow down and then you speed it up again mm. and then when we get to that next level we have another conversation reevaluate your workflow and like where it where is your mind space most valuable for what you're accountable for in the organization it, it, it also solves in a different function as well which and when I was having that conversation this morning with that sales rep I sort of explained to him I was like I was like let me ask you a question do you, do you think that I'm more removed because I'm like looking to get out of the day-to-day so I can sort of sit back and do less. And I was like, cause if you do, that's fine. It's like, well, I was like, I was like, I was like, I, I, I was like, I've, I have had to done, do that. Um, not because I particularly want to, cause I do enjoy sort of interacting sure. with people and reps and stuff like that. And like, I'll, I'll have less interactions with people, which is like not what I'm looking forward to, but it's sort of a necessary thing. But I was like, it, it I was like, one, it frees me up for better decision-making. But the second thing is like, I am, I'm not guaranteed tomorrow, right? So like if I get hit by a bus and I am integral to the day-to-day functioning of this business, then 150 people lose their job. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I was like, I, that's why Will had to become CEO of Sales Sniper, which is the, the big revenue generator that we have because like someone, there has to be someone who can run the ship you know what I mean? In terms of like just running the day to day. And and that that's why we need to do that. And so like I, I can perform some function. I'm still the face and all that kind of stuff. But I was like, you know, there there has to be a, a, a mechanism of protection against me. Right. You, you know, and so I was like, that's one of the reasons why I've done that. Because like, dude, like if I'm doing everything like I was a year ago, like the moment I turn off, it's done. Right. Whereas and- now the machine can keep keep going yeah Yeah. you know i mean it's not going to be an easy time i wouldn't think but like the the longer we do it and the more we sort of put in place the the longer the business has to figure out how the fuck they're going to solve that problem right and and that's a real thing that needs to be planned for because like i've employed my mother i've employed my father i've employed ben one of my best friends pat one of my best friends tor who's my you know daughter's godmother like these are people that are important to me, mm-hmm. you know? So like I have to have some mechanisms in place that are going to protect them, you know, and James and everybody. Yeah. So yeah, that's, uh, he was like, oh, that makes sense. And I was like, yeah, man, like it's not, I'm not lazy. R- right. And, and, <laughs> you know, like. and, and uh, Kim was talking about this the other day of, as you start to scale, you have to think who's the next Matt. Yeah. There has to be a succession plan. Exactly. That's where the R and R. It comes into it. Yes. And that's all right. Exactly. Because it's like, who's the next Matt? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, what do you mean by that? The next guy that's, that's like kind of a charming asshole that, uh, (laughs) you know, that's good at sales, right? It's going to be on my headstone. Right. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Uh, But, but it's like, well, well, what, well, what do you mean by that? Well, here's what I mean by that. And then now you now you have your roles and responsibilities. What are you accountable for? What are your core competencies? What are what are you responsible to doing? Now we actually have a plan for a successor. We have a yeah. we have a visual, an explanation of what it looks like and how it fits in the cog of the as a cog in the wheel of the of the machine. And so without that, you can't scale. You're just hiring on talent. And talent eventually dissolves, but infrastructure keeps on going no matter like who's in there i love that i've got two i've got two two questions for you to finish it off so we can go eat our food yeah um which is one what is something that you would love to achieve in this business like what is like a, a massive box that you want to tick hmm. massive box that's uh, what she said yeah um so in this business is different than like what i want to get out of being in this business for like my life 
purpose type stuff, right? Okay. Um, I would like to. I would like to be. Uh, how do I put this? I would like to set a new standard of which operations is perceived. There is a lot of frameworks that I believe are really unique, and uh, and and it's really more so of, of an act of service to people as opposed to being a smart guy with a good infrastructure and good plan and just cracking the whip and getting people to do it. Do you mean that internally to the company or externally? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, internally to the company. And I would love to be able to train people yeah. so they can they can build their company and we can do their marketing and sales and we can and we can help scale companies that are doing real things mm-hmm. that, are, that are really helping people. But I don't think that, that, uh, that, most people look at operations as like an act of service. You're, you're, you're not the, you're not necessarily the coach. You're the lead blocker. Right. And I'd also, I'd like, I will do this, but figure out how to create really clear KPIs for operations, which is very difficult because it's kind of intangible. And I believe I can crack the code. I'm sure you can. Yeah. yeah. I was actually speaking to Kim. Kim's got some good insight and stuff like that. Ooh. Because yeah. he, you know, he was the CMO of Aldemec and he ran Yamaha and he ran Smirnoff. Yeah. And he's done like very, very large corporate. And, yeah. and corporate has stuff like that in place. But so I think being able to hear like what is being done, which is the hard part, right? Once you know what is being done, then you can go, oh, well, I can do that better. Right. And yeah. and that and that's the way that I learned. Like, I mean, yeah. I'm I'm I barely passed high school. I read on a sixth grade level. Uh the way that I learned it is like let find someone who's inc- an incredible genius that has a hard time teaching it and just answer my questions. Let me observe you and answer questions. And essentially I, I can take on any skill set, um, you know, given enough yeah. time. Then just conceptualize it into what works for us. Yeah. And then improve it. Yeah. Right. And last question, what, what do you want to get out of, I guess, uh, this organization personally over the next few years? My real, like when you, when you break it down, my gift is in deconstructing human consciousness and, uh, happiness is a, is a, um, is a, is a personal metric that is, uh, that is inhibited by behavior and the, uh, ability to like articulate truly what you want and, uh, to get over personal demons and, uh, life circumstances. So a lot of the spiritual healing for individuals is really the source of their power. And I really feel like that I is really like my greatest gift. I'm much better at that than I, I so told you at dinner, it's like I'm great at operations, then with women, and then the spiritual stuff is, is, is like way up here. And so uh, my intention is to, you know, take the wealth that we build together in this organization and to build a retreat center in Costa Rica where not only we can do spiritual healing, but we also can go there to do, you know, sales retreats and marketing mm. retreats and have companies that have a really great idea but struggle uh, operationally and, you know, bring them in for two weeks and just com- do what we did here, you know, oh, operationally, bro. you know what I mean? We could sell what we did over the last two weeks for, you know, half a mil. Abso- yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, 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 in a, and in a place that it, that's like, you know, eco-friendly and, uh, and, you know, biodiverse, much like Costa Rica, that's why I live there. You know, it's, it's just such a pure place. Yeah, right. And so, yeah, that, um, that, that's, I've got a vision for that. And then I also have a vision for a, uh, a new schooling system to teach kids how to learn for the real world. And I actually am starting that this summer. Oh, amazing. So, yeah, it's going to be dope. All right. And I want to hear more I, about that. I have one last question, but it's for offline. <laughs> and that's, uh, what do you need from us to make that happen? 
So you can think about that over the next few hours. I mean, I, I can I can I can tell you like sure. authority, trust, resources. Is it? Is it? Rat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Um, a little bit more of an outside the box sort of uh, thing, but I think this will be helpful for everybody. And Spencer's an interesting guy. It's fun to listen to. Um, so if you like this kind of uh, stuff, make sure you like, subscribe, hit the notification bell, all that kind of good stuff. And we'll see you on the next one. Thanks, guys. Peace. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. <laughs>